Hey everybody, uh, Guest Life Podcast, welcome, episode 29, we've got Charles Waugh on deck right now. Uh, Charles Waugh, we're going to be talking real estate and construction, he is from the Gateway Group, um, talking about Hamilton, talking about the Builders Association that we're both part of, um, you know, we take this time to thank guests like this for coming on the show. It just makes such a difference when we have guys like Charles come in, uh, tell a little bit about their story, you know, how much they're involved in the community and what they do best. So thank you guys for tuning in. Charles, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. That's it. <laughs> um, it's always good, guys, when we get that personal touch. Me and Charles actually were on a Zoom this morning for, <laughs> for the association. And, uh, you know, it's always good to see a familiar face and finally in, in person. And um, so Charles, is, is his story is vast and there's a lot of moving parts. So we're going to get right down to it. Let's do this. Tell us a little bit about Gateway Group. Gateway Group. Well, Gateway Group started about seven and a half years ago. Um, it was just myself. I jumped into land development. It's something that I always wanted to do. Uh, I had no idea what I was doing, though. Uh, and I got lucky with an opportunity that was a neighbor of ours, uh, one of my parents' properties. Yep. Older Italian couple came to us, asked if we wanted to purchase their land. Long story short, after uh, months of negotiations, I didn't know what a vendor take back was back then. They provided it, didn't have to put much money down. That was my first project. Uh, fast forward from there, I ended up partnering with the builders. Like I, I tried doing development myself for six months mm -hmm. and I was wasting time and money. No clue. Like I didn't even know what a planner was at that time. Uh, so quickly, I knew I had to partner with someone. So I went to all the local builders, uh, hit it off with uh, one of the local builders, Live Communities, and we partnered on that project as well as another project. The first project was uh, 45 towns. Second one was 117 towns. Wow. Um, it's a crazy story. Like they taught me, every, but they taught me everything I knew. And then once we got approvals, they purchased the projects and, and took over. Amazing. So that's kind of the start. I kind of unconventionally jumped into the deep end with larger developments. Yeah. Uh, from there, I wanted to do like the full spectrum from beginning to end. Okay. So from acquisition through development approvals and adding in construction as well to build them out. Okay. Um, so now kind of one of our focus is the small scale infill developments. Infills meaning building within the urban boundary, building kind of within like existing neighborhoods. So for example, like you have a house, maybe uh, a garage or a, a a side yard that's vacant, we'll sever and we'll, and we'll build it out to fill the missing tooth, kind of like we like to say, or filling the gaps. Yeah. Uh, so for the last three years, uh, I met someone who's turned into my construction partner. He has a lot of construction experience. He's been able to help bring on the expertise on the construction aspect. So we kind of complement each other well, where I work on the acquisition, financing, and the development side, and then he kind of takes over and does it to construction side. That's amazing. So that's kind of a little, in a little nutshell, kind of what we do. We <laughs> it's do a some lot. Yeah. A little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, that's uh, on the that's the development side, and then we have other areas, aspects, as you know, like education. We do some training on uh, developments. We do some some renovations, and where we uh, renovate homes and, and sell them. Uh, so yeah, it keeps us very busy. Yeah, that's good. And so we were talking just before the show guys. And, and you know, one of the things I, I noticed with Charles is just talking about that education piece and kind of, you know, the starting with no experience and then gaining it as you go and how much time that takes. And, you know, tell us a little bit about the course that you guys put on. Cause I thought when I saw it, I was like, this guy, <laughs> not only is brilliant, but he's helping people, right? You know, and that's you're, what we want to do. Saving time, saving money on, on people kind of 
Man, if I had a crash course, I would have. <laughs> oh, I, first of all, I, I mean, I wish I had, there was a course available like seven and a half years ago. Obviously there wasn't, there's not much material out there, but like our, our goal was really to help people. And really that whole business is, is around that, whether it's help deliver happiness with uh, brand new homes or renovated homes to educating people on the development side who want to get into developments. And, you know, developments is something that people perceive as very difficult, complex, uh, capital intensive, and they can't do it. And I want to dispel that myth, especially on the small scale infills. Mm-hmm. You know, we're taking a oversized lot and what we're teaching people is to like, typically we try to keep the house. So you maintain a lot of the value there and then sever and create one or two lots. And then there's a lot of options from there. You know, you could sell the lots, you could build out if you want, you could hire a builder. Um, so yeah, we want to teach people. And so Andy Tran, Steve Ford and myself partnered together and we developed a course. We had this idea like at least a couple of years ago, two or three years ago. And uh, in 2020, we went ahead and developed the course. That was intense. Oh man, like course creation is a lot of work. I <laughs> underestimated it. Yeah. Like we held our first course September 2020. Now we've held two courses, like two courses total, one in September 2020. The last one was May 2021. Obviously in May during COVID, we had to do it through Zoom. The mm-hmm. first one was in person. A uh, lot of fun, like just a lot of energy in the room. And when you're having people come for a weekend, like all day from like, 8.30 to 5.30, you yeah. know, you're go-getters. These are people who want to take action. Yeah. So I was like, it, it, it charges me up, That's right? That's it. Uh, so very intense, the Saturday, Sunday, uh, tons of information, great networking. But uh, since then, we've had students take the course and they've gone off and be able to do their own projects, which is really our goal. Our goal is to teach them um, and allow them to feel comfortable taking the next steps to do their own infill development. Obviously, like we talk about the full team that they will need, consultants and, you know, gets them started, but very happy to say that we've seen a bunch of students like take action and, and even some of their own properties that they own. Some of these investors might have rental properties. Yeah. Well, they realize, oh man, I have the land that I could sever right in my own portfolio. Yeah. So look there first. <laughs> yeah, why not, right? No more acquisitions, you just can pay yourself. That's right, exactly. And I think like, you you know, kind of seeing a a niche in terms of like, wow, like I think sometimes the the biggest problems you solve are your own. Yes. Right. And it's like, wow, if I'm the only one having these issues, it's not the real thing. There's got to be other people with the same problems that I can solve and I can help based on, you know, so they don't do the same mistakes that we made or exactly or or, or I, but um, how did you kind of transition from saying like, okay, this is a good idea to, I'm going to take action on my own ideas. Like going from the larger developments and actually taking action on the small scale yeah. infills. It's just like in my head, when I want to do something, I just take action. I'm just like, who can I find who knows this? And then, you know, that's one of the big things is like mentors, finding the right mentors, being building a tribe around you, you know, a team that has the same goals in mind. So when I jumped into the small scale infills, I knew I had no idea about construction. Mm-hmm. So I had to find a construction partner. And through one of my networks, uh, I found, I, I met Steve and he's a construction expert. So you need to build your team. You need to know what you're not good at or what you don't know and try to find that, uh, find that person that can help you. Just like at the very beginning, when I realized I didn't know development at all, I had to go <laughs> out there and partner with a builder. So similar thing. It happens all the time. And, I, you know, I'm laughing because it's like, it's, it's just these aha moments. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's okay not to know. Like, I'm the first one to say it. You know, we had a meeting the other day with a couple of lawyers, personal wealth guy and like accountants. And it's like, 
you know how much smarter you feel yep. when you have the people to answer the questions around you. And I think it's such great advice. Um, you know, if you're ever talking to a bank, have your accountant with you. Exactly. You know, don't get taken advantage of. Yep. And I'm sure there's a lot of stuff you teach in your course and understanding like, you know, where the different points are and, and who's actually going to help. Like, there's Well, we actually bring some of the expert guest speakers right into the course. Oh, wow. And they'll deliver their, you know, their content. And um, we have planners, we've had uh, accountant, um, mortgage broker, financing is obviously very important. Huge. Uh, it's huge. So you need to have your power team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talk, that's a big part of the course of, you know, how to look for them, who, like, you know, what to look for, what to expect and what the responsibilities are as, as part of the team in the project. Yeah. That's amazing. And so like now, you know, as you're educating others, what keeps you motivated to kind of self-educate and kind of grow like that? Oh man, I'm like, we're the same. We yeah. love learning, right? Whether it's reading books at night or, or listening to podcasts, like on the way, you know, on any drive, uh, I just lifelong learner for yeah. sure. I'm, you know, my team, myself, we're all kind of similar in that way. We're making mistakes all the time. But the thing is, you you learn from the mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. And then we try not to make them again, um, but we're very solutions-oriented. And I just like to, I love to develop most personally as well as professionally, just to, I don't know, get better and be able to be more effective when we're working in the business or maybe be better in a relationship with, you know, friends, family, spouse, um, things like that. Just be a better person yeah. and be the best version of, of myself or even in the gym, you know, trying to learn how to squat better or s- do the snatch better, you know, always working on these things, always trying to get better and stay humble, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hungry and humble. You already know man. all this stuff. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, not everybody, you know, again, it, it's uh, t- like, you know, I, I know about your daily routine, but yeah. walk us through the daily routine of an entrepreneur that's kind of growing with that mindset and kind of wants to take things to the next level consistently because, yeah. you know, we know, you know, the reading and the education, it goes such a long way, but connecting the body with the mind and having that routine, I'm sure yes. it goes a long way. Absolutely. I think routine is very important. Uh, obviously it changes in your different stages of your career. When you're first starting off, it's just insane. Trying to do every, put all the hats on at once. Um, now, well, throughout uh, my journey, I find, like you said, physical is very important. We can't be mentally sharp unless we nourish the body, you know, physically active. So for me, I go to the gym three, four times a week at seven in the morning. That's, that's my routine. Yeah. And it gets me, you know, wake up early, uh, go to the gym and it gets me ready for the day. It almost feels like I've almost won the day. Yeah. It's like, okay, I could take on anything. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so that's kind of one of my, one of my routines. And then from there, you know, it could be a mix of like networking or meetings or doing, working on projects or being on site. Um, you know, every week could be different, but there's a few staples in there, like, like the gym that kind of gets me focused. Yeah. And then every week, like I have team meetings on okay. either on Mondays and that's what kind of gets us set for the week. Um, and even on that day, there's different, uh, agenda items that we go through, whether mm-hmm. it's reviewing cash flow, which is very, very important for a business. Obviously we always forecast yeah. months out in advance, uh, or going through project statuses and stuff like that. Uh, so those are some of the staples. The rest of it will kind of depend. I'm not so structured where I only have one day for meetings. It, it kind of depends week by week, which also keeps it interesting. Yeah. Well, I like, I'm always a guy that likes a full schedule, but also like, you know, last minute things. If you're planning for a perfect day, we always used to do that. Like, you know, Mondays would be so hectic. And finally yeah. I was like, okay, we're too busy. Yeah. Don't book anything on Mondays. Right. 
right? We always left one crew open Mondays. Yep. Why? Because every week we're behind on Mondays. Why? Because we don't allow that overflow. You know what's funny, Dan? We've actually thought about switching our team meetings to Tuesdays because Monday is such a shit show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to get stuff done. Yeah. So I think we're actually going to change our team meetings to Tuesdays because yeah. Mondays is hectic. We do Tuesdays at 930 for that reason. There you go. Right. It's there that, it's that uh, like, you know, anticipation. It's like, oh, why are we always so behind? We don't plan for it. Right. Yeah. Everything can be planned for, especially when it's consistent. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, we have, we have two days where for us in our business, it's, you know, we get calls in, emergencies come in and yeah. you got to, you got to get i'm going and you know all friday we didn't get that job done well it's going to flow over to monday so if exactly. you're solid monday to friday now you're just constantly letting clients down yep you know time after time exactly um, another another part of the routine like not in the weekly routine is we do quarterly strategic planning meetings so we're we do go we do our annual goals at the end of the year for the mm -hmm. following year we review our previous years but then those the annual goals we want to translate into quarterly goals as well we break them down into Q1 to Q4, wow. and at the end of each quarter, we review our goals, you know, what got done, what didn't get done, why didn't get done, um, and uh, kind of, that's a good session to kind of reset, Yeah, and then um, possibly set new goals for the next quarter, and then those quarterly goals then also translate down to weekly tasks and stuff, to daily, so everything uh, kind of complements each other, or, or is in support of the big annual goals, and then the annual goals... I don't go as far as you. I, I will at some point. Th three, five, ten-year goals. Yeah. Uh, we we want to get to there. Right now, we really look at a year at a time. Like yeah. we're we're kind of growing quite fast. Where we're going to need probably a three to or five-year plan. Mm -hmm. But right now, we've been looking at uh, one-year increments. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know sometimes as an entrepreneur, I find myself, and I'm sure you know most of the people I talk to find the same. It's like it's in your head. It's in yes. your head. Yep. And that's kind of what we're going to segue to next is how do you kind of support your team and bring those values that you have into the team environment and motivate these guys? I think it's just being having open communication. You know, you, we, we, well, we already kind of, as part of the interviews or any of that, we know what we're looking for. And we, I have my core values, like right beside me on my, in my home office. I want to go through the company core values. I know you recently went through that exercise. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we already know because the values of your company, it's defines who you already are. It's not yeah. like you want to be this. It is who we are. So, you know, we're looking for positive people, solutions oriented, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And if you're, if you don't share those same values, then it's not the right fit for at least at the ga at gateway group. Yeah. So, you know, I think just open communication, always talking about, uh, like our values and maybe actions that support those values mm -hmm. really reinforces it with, with the team. Yeah. That's amazing. So tell us a little bit about what you do. I mean, you, we don't have enough time. There's too many times. <laughs> talk about some of this community involvement. I know how much you do in the community. I know the, you know, whether it's being a, on the board for the WeHBA, which uh, we're both members of. But just talk to us a little bit about how you give back because I know it's endless, really. Well, it's a big part of Gateway Group and kind of why we do what we do. We want to have a, a, a bigger impact. You know, the more business we can do, Ideally, we can the more impact we can have on our local communities. Mm -hmm. um, and me being born and raised in Hamilton, I've actually never left Hamilton. I still live in Hamilton. We do most of our work in Hamilton. So it's dear at heart to me. We want to help continue to improve. Uh, like Hamilton's changed so much. Massive. And we want to continue to be a part of that. Um, and also give back to the communities by like charity stuff that we do. Uh, we actually have some plans in uh, coming up in December. Last Christmas, we did one where we gave uh, uh, t 
Tim Hortons cards to homeless people. Amazing. Uh, we gave out uh, like 120, like $20 cards wow. out to homeless people. And people are like, are you crazy during COVID? You're going to walk out? But no, me uh, and a few others just walked out and just handed out to, to people. That's fantastic. And so that was one thing that we did. In the past, I've uh, volunteered for Hamilton Basket Brigade. Yeah. Uh, my good friend Erwin Zito runs that, um, where you basically pack groceries and then you deliver them to the less fortunate families. Amazing. And it's very sad. Some, it's like some families just don't have the means and you know who knows what happened in their circumstances but we want to try to support them there's been other times where we gave like toys through the basket brigade to kids and it's crazy man like their wishes might be socks and there's a picture i know there's a picture someone took a picture of me and this kid has the biggest smile over socks yeah. like almost put a tear in my eye. like that's like it's crazy these kids are so grateful for what most people think is so small. Mm -hmm. So one thing that our team wants to do for, for this this year, for Christmas, is to give toys to, to kids. We want mm -hmm. to raise a lot of money and uh, and just make sure like as many kids as possible locally have uh, have toys for, for the holidays. It's amazing. And I find, uh, you know, as you get more connected with people that are more similar, it's like you're just, it's, it's a constantly giving, giving opportunities. And sometimes being that funnel for them is just such a rewarding feeling. Right? Exactly. You know, not everybody has a larger size business that can kind of support one of these things. And yep. Being available for people, whether it's a coat driver, a food driver, a toy drive, where people can just give and it's not always monetary. Yep. Um, we find it's such a big impact. And like you said, even going downtown, like, you know, 120 people got $20 Tim's cards, which yep. means they got to eat and have a drink. And, um, you know, it's a huge impact and it's exactly. right in the core. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not necessarily just charity too. Like you said, at the home builders or the West end home builders, I've, I've been on the board now for three years mm -hmm. and it's, it's not paid. It's volunteered, but, oh, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but Dan, I think you already, obviously you already know through these networks and something that I would give as a piece of advice would be, you know, you get back what you, in, what you put in. So go to the, join these, like the good uh, groups or networks that's within your industry or whatever you do and participate, get out there, meet the right people, uh, volunteer. That's all what I did. I joined the, the home builders, I think like six years ago and right away, like, how could I help? Where could I volunteer? Yeah. So joined the under 40 committee, like shortly after that, volunteered there and just kept doing stuff to kind of, I guess, work my way up and get up more opportunities to the board. And that's opened up so many doors. Met so many cool people. Yeah. Even through the chamber as well. Actually, yeah. we met through the chamber. Yeah, we did, yeah. Young entrepreneurs. Yeah. Uh, shout out to them. <laughs> but no, really, like, like it's get out there, just engage. Yeah. It's like one of the biggest things I, I, I could say. Yeah, network. Well, and I find, um, you know, I remember when I started and I was like, you know, going to these events and Again, at the time, I was still plumbing. So it was like, I'm the plumber at these. That's what I met you. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> you know, what do you do? I'm a, pl I'm a plumbing company. They're like, oh, like, how many people? I was like, just me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's how it develops. But now you build these relationships and you realize like, wow, I've been in business seven years and I, I know these fucking people. Right? Exactly. And it's, uh, it's different because I find, um, you know, at the beginning, it's like, I'm just not that guy or yeah. I don't have that many friends in this time. And especially as an entrepreneur, I find... If you don't grow up, which I don't think many people do because I find entrepreneurs find each other later in life yep. because obviously you're not an entrepreneur at 15, yep. um, that it's a, it's, a, it's a challenge because you're dragged, not dragged, I shouldn't say that, but sometimes kind of stuck with your old friends. It, exactly. And it doesn't mean that they're no good. It just means that they have different priorities. Yes. And sometimes you can feel like a bit of an outcast, which I'm sure, you know, as I'm talking, a lot of people do. Yep. Um, and you go to these networking groups and we're all kind of these outcasts that just... 
Mesh. We're weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to work late? Yeah. Well, when it doesn't feel like work, it's a different story. You know right? what you find though? Then when you first get in, it's daunting. I remember going to some of these networks, not knowing a single person. Mm-hmm. And then you try to break the ice with some people. Then you find out some people that have similar interests so that, you know, you have good fit, you have good personalities and you not they don't become like your friends. So a lot of my business associates like yeah. yourself are good friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? We might go out, we'll go golf, go on trips, go whatever. And obviously I still have, you know, high school friends or childhood friends and university friends, but there has to be some sort of balance. Of course. Like balance is always a, a tough, very difficult subject, but um, yeah. And then obviously family too, right? Yeah. Of course. Oh, you yeah, can't forget family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We say, people say work-life balances. I said, that's fine. I said, but if you want to succeed and excel in anything, there's no such thing as balance. I never believe in balance either. No. I think I view it not work-life balance, but it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that, that yeah. we choose, that each of us choose. You know, if you're doing the nine-to-five job, well, that's fine. That, that's Maybe that's what they want. Or maybe what we do, entrepreneurship, is the path that we chose, right? Yeah. So for me, it's always like living a life of intention. Like every day, everything you do, do it with purpose. Like, yeah. So yeah, I think, uh, I think it's, it's, it's very important. And I think that's great advice. And, and for anybody tuning in, like you, you got to really hone in on it. And it's like, you know, it's not for everybody. And one of the, you know, a, a friend, John, uh, who, who's the uh, vice president of operations for North America, the Young Guns, and, and they actually changed their uh, mission statement. Oh, yeah, it was, really? Yeah, it was creating future leaders. Yeah. And he, he said, we changed it to creating everybody's best self, the best version of themselves. I love it. And it was, it hit me pretty hard, like a ton of bricks because I was like, wow, like, you know what? Not everybody's built for a leader. Not everybody wants to be a leader. Yeah. Sometimes when you're that person, you're like, I just don't have any other choice. This is what I want. This yep. is what my passion is. It's hard to kind of take a step back and say, oh, it's not for everybody. Though. Right. Right. I know everybody's had some sleepless nights, but, you know, working uh, nine to five or seven to three, there's nothing wrong with that. And no. I remember, you know, back in the day, that was what I loved. I loved going home. Like I didn't want to own a business when I was younger. I like going home and shutting off Yeah. on the weekend, shutting down. Yeah. Um, I can tell that you don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I mean, I don't think you'd have it any other way. Oh man. Like I I don't think so. It's like, I feel it's in my blood. I've always kind of been like this. I've always wanted to become an entrepreneur. I was an engineer before. So I did kind of have that nine to five life or more (laughs) like eight to six. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but entrepreneurship, you get into it and you think it's all sexy in like the magazines and media and all that stuff. But as you know, especially the beginning, like I've been at seven and a half years and I work more now than I did when I was an engineer. <laughs> of course. Like it's, 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 especially the beginning, it's insane. Mm-hmm. And especially when you don't really have the capital or you don't have the income coming in, mm-hmm. you have to grind it for those first few years just to survive yeah well and it's funny too because if you don't have those those people at that age where it's like hey it's going to take you seven years to turn a profit or like yeah. you know, start actually making some money where you know your visa you're not like hoping it passes um but uh but yeah it'd be like it, you know it's a hard road especially at that stage depending on when the, when people start but you know i wasn't even uh, i think i was seven years of work yeah. Right. Like yeah. my entrepreneur, my uh, my apprenticeship. Sorry, and and going through that stage, and it's just like, wow, is this business isn't going to be profitable for these years? And like, this yeah. is what it's going to take. Um, There's a lot of sacrifice involved. Tons. Yeah. And I think, you know, how did you kind of manage that? Was it a question for you when you decided to to kind of go on your own, or was it just a we're doing this? No you, looking. You back? know what? It was never a question in terms of like me want wanting to do it. At some point in my life, I was going to do it. Uh, in 
hindsight, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. But what happened was uh, I lost my job. The office shut down. In 2013, uh, was loving the job, loving the people I was working with. Uh, very interesting work, good pay. Uh, but political reasons, um, our office got shut down in Burlington. Oh, wow. So I was like, damn, no mortgage, <laughs> no kids, no wife. Might as well start a business. It's yeah. a opportunity. <laughs> so it was actually a dark period then, though, because it was like depressing. It's like, oh, I want to work with my, like, who became my friends and all that. Mm -hmm. But in hindsight, it was the best thing that ever happened. And it's weird because, like, I find some of the dark periods in, in, in life turn out to be really blessings in disguise. The other thing I, that comes to mind right away, one is losing the job. Two is my dad getting stage four cancer, okay. which was obviously terrible, terrible. Um, it was a miracle he survived. And then from there, we learned a lot of lessons from there. Just like living simply, exercising, all that stuff. Um, it was, you know, it, it, I feel almost everything happens for a reason. Uh -huh. So we've kind of grown. We've definitely grown, if, if anything, accelerated our growth from like both of those dark uh, periods. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's the same with fear, I find. Oh, for uh, sure. You know, the other side it's a of huge fear, motivator. <laughs> yeah, the other the other side of fear is usually the best feelings that you can get. And um, I was listening to this Will Smith quote the other day, and he's like jumping out of a plane. It's like you know the, the the most fear where you're at. You know, you stand out of the door, and then you jump out, and it's the best feeling. So it's like I saw a picture of you. You recently did skydiving. Yeah, you're a crazy crazy yeah, bastard. So it was funny because that was uh, that was maybe a week after I had mentioned that to somebody, and yeah. then I got surprised one uh, week after. One week after I had mentioned it, someone surprised me with it. So it ended up being... How scared were you? I was, it was, there was some fear in the eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How did it feel while you're the, going The down? most incredible thing I've ever done. Wow. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things. It's just like business. I remember when I made that decision, like, I'm going to put my notice in. It was yeah. like, oh, God. And yeah. the other side of that was incredible. And I think every next stage, and I think, you know, as you become more, I don't want to say seasoned entrepreneur, but with more experience... Um, one of the things that kind of really take away is when I get that feeling of fear, I identify it. Yeah. Okay, this is good. Let's yep. roll with this. Let's see where we can take this. Because what's the other side of this feeling? That's right. Right? And then how do we find more of that? I always feel like it's like feeling uncomfortable. It's like I was used to it. Yeah. That's where the, most of the growth happens. And so we're always kind of a little uncomfortable, <laughs> yeah. whether it's taking on a project that's maybe a little bit too big for us or putting a little bit too much capital or, or whatever. Um, I feel that's, it's almost a good thing. It's like, where can I find more of this uncomfortable yeah. feeling? Yeah, and, and some people are like, just, why don't you take it easy? You're stopping with so much pressure. And I was like, no, I love pressure. Give it, like, you know what I mean? That's why I work on my we shoulders. Thrive you know I mean? in pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you got go. pretty broad shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> let's take it on. Um, well, what would you give uh, as advice to your past self? That, past self? that younger version of Charles, what would you tell him? I almost wish I jumped into entrepreneurship sooner, actually. Okay. Like when I, when the office shut down, I was 27 years old. Okay. Relatively young, but I think could have started maybe a bit earlier. Um, but more so, more importantly than that would be to focus and, and to, to do more like learning and growing and networking. Uh, get out and uh, and find those people that are like-minded. Find those people in develop. Like I knew I wanted to get in development. Well, I I wish I would have told my younger self to go out to the Home Builders Association and network with them. Even if I wasn't in the industry, go to those groups where those people hang out and find those the the right people that that uh, fit you and, or have a good fit together and learn and grow together. Or find those mentors too. I think mentors is probably the number one thing. Yeah. I look back and through the journey so far. 
Uh, mentors have been so important throughout the journey. And those are people who, you know, might be friends, uh, who maybe they're older friends or they're definitely wiser, who have imparted wisdom at, at no cost. There, I've had coaches throughout, but the mentors have been equally as important, if not like more important. Yeah, that's just great advice. And I find, you know, as you find those mentors, it's the, the biggest thing as a gift to them is to do and take action. Yeah. And you know what? That's the number one thing, man. Take action. Take action. Get out there and just do stuff. That's it. That's the number one thing I would say. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We're already done? We're already done. <laughs> four, four minutes I feel in. like I came in. I think we chatted for like 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I could have recorded that. That's it. Um, Guys, we want to we want to take you know so much so much gratitude sent towards Charles and and just what you're doing for the community and how you're building this brand and and uh, and building building the community up. Well, hey, likewise, man. Thank you for everything you do. Thanks for inviting me onto the podcast. Happy to join anytime if you want to do this again. <laughs> I feel like we're just scratching the surface, but uh, thanks again. Oh, my pleasure. And then. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, episode 29, we're just, just so grateful that we've kind of made it to this point. Um, it's a big milestone for us and, and all, all the listeners that are tuning in and, and kind of giving that feedback and really understanding, you know, why not me, why not now? And, and like Charles said, taking that jump when you can and, and getting on the other side of fear because it feels good. There's people to support you and you just got to get out there. So thank you so much for tuning in. 100%. Bye, buddy. Yeah.